Hey, what's up? This is Prince Paul, and you are checking out 11 O'Clock Comics. You kicked in my screensaver. That was such a powerful little woohoo that you scared my machine into going into hibernation. I, I heard me through someone's uh, headphones, yeah. It must have been Jason's. I'm a professional. I would never let oh. that happen. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sir Couch a lot. Where are you recording from? Damn, the couch. It's my spot. Where are you recording from? My workstation. It's the same thing for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of the mailboxes I sit here and pull my laptop and work all day. It's nice. I wish. That's it. It's it. You, you, you can do that. I can. <laughs> I, I can to a certain extent. Yes. Get a couch for your office. Yes, I can't print remotely, but oh, I can. Control P. It's not you how it works. Network oh, printer. Look, or the, with the keyboard shortcut. There, yeah, network look printer. At, now, dude, <laughs> this is a gigantic hundred thousand dollar printer it's, oh you're talking about business oh, like, oh yeah i'm talking about oh, business okay, sure okay. yeah new i got some i have some resolutions this year i'm gonna try and stick to them because i've been really good with sticking to my guns on certain things we yeah. won't talk about it but i've been really good and i'm thinking oh i could probably push this over into other aspects of my pathetic existence come <laughs> the new year let's give it a shot right sure you're down down on yourself today nah no nah, i'm having fun all right, good. Yeah, because you know why? Why? This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 713, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. Hope you're better with the segues this time around. I am David A. Price. I may hold the segues hostage. I, I think people are We're just last- too, they're, they're just too, um, th- they demand the segues. And you know what? When you demand them, guess mm-hmm. what? You don't get See? them. Now you're, ah, oh, man, it took a long time, but you finally came around to what I'm thinking. That's mm-hmm. good. Enough of this jibber jabber, because I am Tim Fox, but you can call me Batman. Wow, I thought you were going to be Mr. T. What's with this jibber jabber? I thought it was going to be Jabba Joe. <laughs> well, it is aquatic, right? Right? Yeah, but you're not. Uh, I forget. You're not Batman. Tim Fox. You're not Tim Fox. <laughs> you're Jason. Jason wooed everybody here today for this episode. This is a regular episode. And regular episodes, we are beholden to one entity and one entity only, and that's Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. The list of three from Image Stray Dogs, number one. Tony Fleeks, um, Trish Forstner, you got to get this. It's going to blow up. It's going to be all over your doorstep and on your phone, and your mother-in-law is going to ask you about it. So uh, get this first issue. Even if you get it in trade, you need the first issue because it's our man, Tony. It's awesome work. We talked about it here. You heard all about it. Uh, yeah, just get it. Uh, cover price, three ninety-nine. Your price, $1.99. What? The meat in the middle is Dark Knight's Death Metal Deluxe Edition hardcover. All seven issues of the Snyder Capullo Glapian. Mm, that word with an M. Mm, it's that. Uh, you'll hear about it in a little while. It's a twenty nine ninety nine hardcover. You can have it for. Tell them. 
1499. Excellent, Smithers. Nice. And in the final position, but not in our hearts, it's Matt Kint at Dark Horse doing a book with Tyler Jenkins, whom he worked with previously on Grass Kings. This is Fear Case. It's a four-issue miniseries. I read the pitch last issue. Um, but the last sentence says, whoever comes into possession of this case must pass it on within three days or face deadly consequences. Dun, dun, dun. Three ninety nine cover price. Your price, $1.99. DCBService.com does not mind late order or order additions. And best of all, nudity comes to your door in the form of a custodian from the UPS or, or FedEx or whatever, and they got no clothes on, and they give you the box, and they say, here's your box, sir, and they're like, okay, thank you, but they keep standing there. Like, it gets real uncomfortable because they want you to see their bodies. <laughs> Full frontal duty. I'm writing this. Oh, man, some of them. I'm writing this story in my head, dcbservice.com. In my universe, all of the, the uh, UPS workers are female. But that's okay. Your, <laughs> yours could be dudes. It's fine. You sure? Yeah, it's great. Why not? Live and let live. You know? Precisely. Yeah. I have some wine. <gasps> Do you? Yeah. yeah, well, I told you last time what I was going to be drinking. But uh, mm-hmm. I will reiterate from prophecy. I am uh, drinking the Emperor. It's there tarot-themed Cabernet Sauvignon from California with a date of 2016. Yep. I must good vintage. Now, I must say that this is becoming, quickly becoming my favorite wine. Look at that. They had no other examples of prophecy wine at my place, so the Emperor is my favorite because it's the only one that I've had. Maybe if I get a chance to, to actually taste some other blend or do you call wine brews? No. No. No, you call them... What? Vintage. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. No, this is a This is a tasty brew. What do you say about wine? This is a tasty vintage? Vintage. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. So it's tagged to the date at which it was made, not the process? Absolutely, because each year the grapes that are grown in at a, at a particular uh, winery are totally different. That's why... You can have a bottle of wine from 2007 that's worth 300 bucks, and then the next year that same wine from the same uh, vintner is you know 50 bucks because well, yeah, the crop I get, wasn't as good. I get that, but the, I'm talking about the, so they're tagging the 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 item with like a, a beer is brewed, right? A wine is what. Oh, you mean the name of the process yeah. of making wine? Yeah. It's, it's um, not distilled. It's not. Uh, it's created, right? But there's got to be a word that that you know. I I stomped on these grapes in my my wash basin. Like, what's the word for that? Um, I guess it's. I can't think of that it's ever used, spoken of that way. It's weird. But anyway, prophecy. The emperor. That has no name. It's vinification, mm. but I've never heard anybody say that. I shall say that from now on. Yeah. This is yeah, an excellent it, vinification. It's, yeah, because it's it's weird. Because when you're going to, if you're going to, um, if, if, if you're going to where they 
they make bourbon or if you're going yeah the, you're going to a distillery and and you know if you're going to where they you know brew beer but um yeah normally if someone's going yeah we're going to we're going to a vineyard this weekend you know that's not that doesn't necessarily you're not using that as the um as the verb of the process of of what you're making so yeah so so you're right jason i've i've never heard that term all that often if ever wow. so get ready strap in because all right every episode well, i think part of it is because the the process of making beer is far more of a chemistry like the way you go about making a beer can differ greatly hell yeah but, but Learn- making wine is not i mean the, someone who's in the business might be able to correct me but i mean i i don't think there's very much difference to the process of making wine it's just about the the grapes involved the barrels used the aging process i mean right. that's that's it it's not there's like you there's no there's no bells and whistles you're not mixing a lot of things right right you're taking well, grapes you're putting them in a place to store them and you're letting them age and ferment like right. that's all that's happening well when we were doing the beer if you boil something for if it says you know boil these hops for 12 minutes if you do them for 16 it's going to taste a little different absolutely and it's right. like yeah. wow that's insane to Science, me that baby. that it could be down to that um and but it, it's thing with baking right it's pretty foolproof though it says a boil packet a in this much you know whatever water and then you do you add packet b at 15 minutes into the process it's mm-hmm. it's really not that hard yeah mm-hmm. yeah so i'm done what are you drinking uh i've got two bottles here First up is from Left Hand Brewing Company, uh, the Milk Stout. Left Hand Path. Huh? It's the Left Hand Path. Left Hand Path. And then, uh, after that's done, I have uh, from Bells in Comstock, Michigan, the Kalamazoo Stout. Mm. Mm Hmm. Big fan of the stouts you are. Oh, love the stouts. Yeah, he is. Well, now seeing now we're now we're diverting again because I don't think David is enjoys the stouts, and I know for a fact that I don't. So you were embracing the IPAs for a little while there. Now you're. Oh, I love the IPAs too. Don't get me wrong; right. they're not they're not mutually exclusive. What's happened is I've I've grown out of love for the pilsners and the lagers, which I've always drank a lot. So that's yeah. the issue. I think of lagers as the the indoctrination brew and then you work your way out of that like as you grow you, you lagers yeah. like every everybody pretty much can accept a lager what do you got oh, right, right. Like all, yeah all we have is a lager all right give me one of them but if you had your choice you'd be having mm-hmm. an ipa or a stout mm-hmm. yeah or a porter love myself some porters yeah mm-hmm. okay i like full body beers vince just like your women Nah, she's not. But that's okay. <laughs> I think that's why I'm. That's why I'm so attracted to her because she's not. Uh, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if, I, I, I'm, my days of getting in trouble for those kinds of jokes on this show are long, long gone. I'm True. Not make these, but, <laughs> yeah. I'm woke now. I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> David and I are not. We're not. <laughs> no. I, you guys used to yell at me for those jokes. So. But they were done with. All right, you have a good heart. You weren't really malicious. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. right. Dap, what are you drinking? Um, well, it's not a stout. Um, but yeah, you're right, Vince. I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the, the bottom of the barrel stuff. Um, it's 
the the darker the beer, I tend not to be about it. But um, and I tend to associate them with the the cooler months. So really, this would be the only time I would consider one. But I'm not. I, I had a beer earlier today. Um, should have had it during my last meeting. But right now, I <laughs> am enjoying um from ninety plus sellers. A Pinot Noir from California. And it's not a um it's it's a little it's 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 good, but it's not what I usually would think a Pinot Noir would um would taste. Pinot Noirs tend to be um a little lighter in color and not as smack you in the face like a traditional red blend or um a cab might be um this actually this this tastes like it leans more into that kind of red blend area where it it's it's very dry um but it is it it is it is really really good it was recommended to me by the young lady at the um at the liquor store and uh she done good so yeah 90 plus from california Lot one seven nine for those keeping score. Yeah, I want to say there's no one, but you got to know there's somebody out there just writing this shit down. <laughs> Some pathetic just slob. Like, just yeah. like there's probably a wiki page out there of everybody Jason's ever been. There used to be. I don't know if someone does that anymore, but I know for like our two hundredth or a three hundredth, someone had compiled it. But uh, I, I feel like that was back in the. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the bullpen board and forums days, and I, I feel like we lost track of that. Remember when we were going to, we were contemplating making a list of all of the intro outro songs that I had used. Yeah. Th- you know, thank Kirby that it doesn't exist because I would be trying to burn every single existence <laughs> of that thing. Now that never happened. You lying. Repeating <laughs> the uh, the old episodes. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was fun while it lasted. It, it was, was, was. It was. Yeah. But you gotta grow up sometime. Mm-hmm. You know what else is fun, Vince? What? <laughs> Reading comics. Segways, oh, baby, true. That was, that was that was a baby step segue. It was okay. <laughs> it was all right, but don't get carried away. What did you guys think of Tim Fox being the new Batman? How, Mister Future State, brothers in love? I have not. Um, I've not. Re- aside from some announcements for creative teams, I haven't really. Um, I've been doing a lot of digging as far as what, um, what's, what's going to be happening in the future state issues or anything beyond that. The only, the only news I've seen so far regarding post future state stuff for, for things coming out in March, um, is the, uh, the Superman team creative team for the two books, uh, the, um, and I guess something's going on with Wally soon and, there was something else. What the hell was the other announcement? Um, oh, there was something about. Oh, there, there was a tease of um, of the the new Justice League lineup. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah, the people in our group who have pre-ordered all of Future State or most of Future State. Remember, we were a little on the fence. We're like, I don't know. No, you said you both were going to order the whole thing because yeah, you presumed DCBS would do yeah. a bundle, right? But then we were toying with what issues to get we couldn't go out of it not getting any of it i mean come right. on right well i did but... it's because you're the you're the evil but um <laughs> i am so thankful the only like i'm not worried about 
collectability or return on investment like with the the, the Batman thing. But I am so thankful that I ordered these things in single issues because I think a lot of Future State is going to be very important to DC moving forward, as Jason would say. Uh, for one of some of the examples that David just gave us, the, like Hester on Superman. Hester's going to be doing the first couple of Superman. Out of, I, think, out of, I think action. But yes, but yes. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I'm an action Superman. But, right. but so you see, and then you get Dan Mora is going to be the regular artist on Batman. Like, come on. This is awesome that these things are, are starting. Uh, you can't tell me that the Wonder Woman's not going to stick around. You know she is, right? The, the buzz going into Future State was was high. Uh, and then with... with um, Endless Winter now even seems to be resonating within future DC plants because Bendis picked two of the three for his Justice League. If that is Bendis's Justice League, but it probably is. What with Naomi in the picture, because you know nepotism and all that. But whatever, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> you sure? I, I think I just was, but no. You know what I mean? Like these I little things that DC's yeah. throwing around. I mean, I I was there buying the issues for the Detroit era. So I've been through some rough patches with, with, with the justice league. And yeah. that, that is no way saying that Naomi's anything close to gypsy or vibe. I, I mean, I, I loved her, her, her story that, that Walker and Bendis told, um, her, her addition to, um, becoming a member of young justice towards the end of that. And, and then, you know, when she appeared in, in, um, in action comics, so Superman could kind of get a feel for her her powers. But do you not I, see the, the the link to all that? Of course, dude. Of course. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's just it's, so. How much yeah, of it is organic and real? I don't it's know. Like, why was why why was you know, I mean did 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 Jessica Jones need to be in every issue of the Avengers? No, because Bendis loved her. Exactly, it's yeah. a creation. So yeah, I mean, if, if why not why why not work. Why not play with your toys? It's it's it's, it's uh, true. Who better, who better to have control over? Plus, she is extremely powerful. Of course, she, she is. should be monitored. She sure. should be under watch and and make sure you know she's she's doing right. So uh, no, I'm 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 you know jokes aside about oh of course you know you brought her in. yeah I don't care it, it's it it I'm sure it will make sense. I'm not going to uh, just assume that oh no no it's gonna be perfect that we'll see how it plays out but i'm fine with it i i'm you know i'm a little surprised that um that there doesn't seem to be at least from this image and again it's it's a teaser image uh and it's cropped i'm a little surprised that there is no any green lantern apparently um in this justice league however there was a um a variant cover posted. Uh, it looks like a wraparound cover, and and John Stewart seems to have some problems with a uh, with a power battery. So uh, maybe that's why there's no Green Lantern on the team. But um, see, that's but from yeah, Future State. That's right, and that's and and which is a little con- which which again leads to the confusion because it's Future State shit hasn't happened yet. So I'm not sure. I you know I'm 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 looking forward. To seeing how all this plays out, I'm I'm hmm. I'm getting the the Green Lantern issues from the from the shop. I'm getting Dark Detective from the shop. I'm getting a few. I'm getting the Wonder Woman and all the Superman stuff from uh, from DCBS. But I, you know, I'll be at the shop and I'll see if anything catches my eye. I might jump on it that yeah. week. 
I just don't understand with Superman on the team, why is Black Adam even a consideration? Number one, he's a villain. Okay, yeah, we get it. Darkseid has been... um, uh, Dr. Doom is a villain. Right. Well, he is the DC Dr. Doom, but whatever. Uh, for, For all intents and purposes. But why would you need Black Adam on the team when you have Superman? It's redundant. It does, and I don't. It doesn't do well against magic, and Black Adam does. But you have uh, Wonder Woman's mom on the team, right? So why would there you go? That that mm. should take up all the magic right there. I just I don't understand his thinking. I really don't. That and then you got Naomi, who's been on the scene for about three point five minutes. Is well, is, is such that's a, okay though? Uh, I, I mean, I listen. I'm not. I'm not going to guess that there are any. Andy Wonder Comics fans who were like, "Damn, I really wish some of these characters were still around." And 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 if you look at the, um, I mean, didn't we just get done speaking like a week or two ago about the Bwahaha era and like, like you love it, like, yeah, and that was I, a team full of characters that well, everyone was like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Sure, exactly. exactly. But I, yeah, I, I think it's almost blasphemy to to mention Batman's name in in uh, uh, tandem with the Bwahaha era. That's a magical time in Justice League history. Yes. Um, yes, in in retrospect, you're talking about a book that hasn't come out yet. But it was a hail mary. It was like, well, we got yeah. yeah but what I'm saying is, is, you're taking issue with well, why would he pick a character? Oh, I am. I just don't think that Black Adam fits the theme of Justice League. No, and I I agree with you there. It, it's it 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 is an interesting. Um, I mean, maybe well, same, maybe I mean, the Justice League guy had on the exactly. Yeah, that's, it's that's a formula at this that. point. That's. I the fact that Wolverine and Spider Man were Avengers still doesn't sit right with me to this day, and that, and that's sure. a me thing. I get it. Um, I don't think it's a you thing. I think it's a knowing your history thing. Uh, traditionally, there was no place on a team like the Avengers for a, a rogue killer like like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. It's just I mean, let's call him what he is, right? And Spider Man, he's a loner. He's 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 a uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue belabor that point, but but it's all semantics, though, dude. Like. Thor has killed hundreds of thousands of things in his life. Sure, but Thor's a god and deserves to be on the job. On, <laughs> but again, so, but you make arbitrary like it's okay that Thor has committed like arguably committed genocide in the name of his beliefs. But like it's fine because it's Thor and it's a god. Like, it's who true. Cares about yep. But so I'm just saying like like I, I don't know. It it seems like a weird line of the sand to draw. It's I don't know. It's just I guess when we came into it, when I came into right. Avengers, it was uh, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, you're right about the the speaking of the Baja. I listened to a podcast. Uh, they did an interview with at Baltimore Comic Con or whatever the virtual version of that was, and uh, and it's just a reminder of of how so many things that we hold as like the highest of the high were just like just guys punching the clock like like they i mean they were so nonchalant about the whole thing saying they had no grand plan it wasn't some huge design to shake things up they just were given the book it wasn't selling well they didn't feel like a lot of pressure and you know they just started the book and it was they had no intention of making it a humor book as some kind of pushback against the seriousness of 84 85 and 86 comics it was just it book became funny because they're funny guys and they yeah. were cracking each other up. And like, it's it just like, we look back on it so fondly and so as such an important thing. And, and, and it's still that because it is still the quality and it's still all there. But the, 
significance or this idea that it was some grand statement of no. pushing against what was common in comics and 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 giving us something that we didn't even know we needed but they knew we did is like not how it happened like it was just a just a paycheck for them like um and it was pretty interesting and i'm sure they've talked i'm i get the sense they've told these stories a thousand times by now but um but uh mcguire said you know he really wasn't all that close with with those guys because back then he was just the artist like they that he didn't interact with them you know like like giffen and, and jam like they interacted all the time obviously um but they just sent him scripts and he drew them and he didn't really become good friends with them until years later on the con circuit and stuff because he was just a guy getting scripts from a writer drawing a book like it wasn't it wasn't this you know again we picture this this uh this magical collaboration a la uh, Phillips and Brubaker where they've loved each other so much and worked together with such chemistry that they, they, it's all by design and they're collaborating together daily, but that's not how it was. I mean, back then that's not how comics were made. So just interesting stuff. And they, the, um, all the, all the interviews I've read over the years about that launch was because post crisis, there was, the the Justice League wasn't formed the way we know them to have been formed. The, the, the Justice League didn't have Superman and and Wonder Woman weren't involved in the formation of the Justice League, retconning it post crisis. So knowing that they couldn't use some characters, we're relaunching the Justice League, but you can't use some of the founding members of the Justice League that you're familiar with. Um, it it's I mean, I, I obviously think it worked for the better. It, 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 it was, it was a fantastic run. It was, um, and I feel like it went looking back on it from, from start to finish. I think it was a, I think they did everything they could have done. Cause yeah, it started off somewhat as a joke and then you've got the whole Despero coming in and, and then it, 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 it's just, it works. It works from start to finish. They, I feel like like Giffen has told a a beginning, middle, and end with that team, and then Jurgens came on. We got Bloodwind, and and then you know yeah. that the Superman tie-ins. But it was um, no that that the Bohaha was um, is is per, it was a perfect. It's something that you know it's it's one of those instances in comics. I feel uh, from my perspective that that you can't you can't force. And it's not something that um, comes around very often. It was just it was it was an absolute yeah. perfect time with a perfect with a perfect creative team um, with characters that yeah you know who, who we can come up with a knockoff generic Captain America that you know Guy Gardner thinks is a role model and and you know and just run with it and have fun with that and and then you know the whole thing with Maxwell it, it, they just they had they had fun with it and there's still you know DC creators at DC are still mining that, that shaft. So it's, it's, it, it, it's, it keeps giving and, and I absolutely love it for it. Mm-hmm. But way, to go before, back, oh, I'm sorry, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. No, please. No, I was just gonna say, but, but as far as getting back to your original question, I had no idea who the next, the Batman was going to be. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. I guess everyone assumed it was Luke at first because of the picture. Um, but, uh, cause that's who I was guess, Batman, right? What's that? 
That that's who Batwing was. Yeah, Batwing was Luke, or is Luke okay. was is. Um, yeah, but apparently it's it's Tim who I guess was Lucius's pre-crisis son, and then disappeared at Crisis, and then begat Luke and his sister in more recent times. But no mention of Tim. But now Tim's back, and presumably the Batman of the future. So there you go. What I was going to say is I will posit something to you that I think Sean Phillips is the perfect, the best living artistic partner to have for a writer. I've said that many times. Yeah. He's the best, the absolute best at what he does. Yeah. And and I know that you're coming at it and I don't disagree with you from an artistic standpoint. But I was thinking about it like there are – well, for, the reason I was thinking about it is he was interviewed this week uh, on David Harper's podcast. And I listened to him, and I haven't heard him talk much. I mean, Brubaker does a lot of sh- podcasting, but but Sean does not. And I was like, okay, we already know this guy's an art god. I mean, we've talked about it many times. I mean, he's he's airtight, right? Like the art – the chops are there. But there are lots of artists with amazing chops. But then on top of that, the dude is world-class – as an illustrator who also does a monthly book schedule, like never fa- never fails to do a book per month. And then on top of that, so not only is he fast, but not at any cost of quality, but he also wants to work all the time and never wants to be off. Like that is, that is like the unicorn of comic book artists, right? Like, like someone that, that, that can draw anything to perfection but can also keep a monthly pace and doesn't want to take months off at a time to re- to rejuvenate. Like, how amazing is that? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that is Brubaker is not a dummy, man. Like, once he like, like <laughs> that's the guy you want to be partners for life with as a writer, right? Like, like, the, like the guy hates to not be working. I mean, how amazing is that? He's a rarity. That's for sure. He, that's what I'm saying. He's a unicorn. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. a, there, I don't think there's another one in the business right now. Um, you may scoff, but I think Larson has some of what Phillips has. Only as far as work ethic goes, yeah. But I think Larson gets a bit distracted sometimes. Like when he yeah. was when he was the uh, upper echelon of of uh, image management, there was uh, Dragon was touch and go for a right. long for a saying. long yeah. time. But I mean that's. I can understand that because, hey, it's a workload that he didn't have before. So great. Yeah, I mean, look, there are but, other artists that I think are high, super high quality and presumably are very, very timely. Like Teo, right? Like, like Scalera. I mean, he was not a guy that ever took an issue off or need. But but he still would take – there would still be like a month or two in between Black Science volumes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because presumably it was like, all right, let's recoup. And I don't even think that's irrational. Like, I, if you're drawing seven days a week to keep a book schedule and you want to take some time off, that's totally illogical. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Phillips is like this almost Depression-era Brit who just doesn't want to – he just – he wants his paycheck. He just yeah. doesn't because he doesn't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. Sure does. Speaking of that, we got to talk about Reckless. I don't know when you guys are getting your box. Not this week. I, I haven't gotten mine either, but mine – I know mine's coming on – tomorrow yeah well reckless is in it once i get it yeah so. same yeah we'll definitely be talking about can't that. wait yeah actually i've i've even avoided um i don't even know if they were in any of the dropbox folders but i've avoided um the previews for that because i want to read it when uh when i have it in my hands 
No, yeah, it's not. It's not been included. Excellent, excellent, good. So that's smart no too. Yeah. Nice. So, what's everybody enjoying? Well, it looks like you finally finished. Or I'm guessing you does that mean you finished Plunge? Uh, I have it on my list. I don't know if you were here when I did mention it, though. I have it on my list because... Oh, you spoke on it? Uh, well, yeah, but more for a design, uh, from a design standpoint than from an actual story, because I think out of all the hardcovers with that fancy... Oh, yeah, we did talk about the package. Yeah. I, I thought you yeah, you did, yeah. No, if you want to talk about the story, that's great. No, uh, no, that's because I read it a while. I mean, I, I, I... No, I feel like I read it a while ago, but I... Or at least whenever, a couple months ago when it finished, but... Uh, I, I, no, okay. I, I, I took a little issue with the ending when I first uh, encountered it. And I was like, mm, I think you're being a little too hard. Because uh, it, it, if you look at Plunge like an 80s sci-fi action movie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with obviously tinges of horror, more along the lines of Carpenter's thing, okay, I said it, and, you know, and that ilk, um, I think it works really well. So the ending ties into that it's kitschy you know um but i I thought that the book was great and uh again um mostly because imminen is just a a a force of nature it's absurd yeah (laughs) it's just ridiculous how that man at the end i mean which is i guess cthulhu-esque right to some degree or or not dark gods type of thing sure yeah i mean i didn't know he had that in him i don't know why i wouldn't think that 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 imminent couldn't do that but I just don't know that I've ever seen him draw monsters before. Yeah, not so, often, right? Yeah, but, but I mean, I a lot of death, in, a lot of death in the book, um, which was surprising because I expected—I uh, don't know why—I expected more characters to make it out alive than <laughs> than they did. But yeah, it was, I uh, think your analogy to an '80s horror action film was spot on because yeah. it would be a dope one if they did it right. Like Plus, it, it, the pacing was exactly like that. Yeah, and the yeah, col- yeah. The climax and was exactly like that. It was like Jaws meets meets the Dark Gods, basically. Yeah, I enjoyed it very, very much. And yeah. I, I have to rejigger my uh, Hill House standing. I think it's number one for <laughs> me, to be honest with you. Really, over Basketful of Heads? I do because I I reread Basketful of Heads in the hardcover, and it's fun. Like I enjoyed it, and I very much like Leo Max art. But I thought Plunge was a a tighter, more uh, okay, yeah. a richer story. I thought it was just a richer story. Personally, I change in my number one. I I, I still think uh, Lolo Woods is is the top for me. Okay, yeah, but I know you don't agree. But my no, num- I mean, well, that's fine. my number two would definitely be Plunge yeah. over Basketful of Heads, and then um, Dollhouse Family was wonderful. I, I don't know if I I like it better than um, uh, Basketful of Heads, but it needs to go somewhere on the list. And mm-hmm. it, it it didn't. I, I thought it was more complex and mm-hmm. more. Um, the story was more of a um, like. Let's talk about the Hellraiser box. Like there were twists and turns in the stories that I didn't really see coming. And mm-hmm. the, the mythology kind of surprised me that you had this this not angel fighting this not devil f- and dragging these humans into it, which was kind of cool. Um, but the uh, the last, you know, my last one, 
that, that I, I just thought that was a complete fail on all levels. But I won't even say it. I don't want to dis- disparage the creative team, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It wasn't. So, you know how we've said many times that comics or or no, you know what, not comics. Success in any field is uh, hard work and talent, sure. But a lot of times, particularly in the entertainment fields, it's also a bit of luck in terms of timing, right? Right place, right time. Yeah. Being, being, uh, I don't know, Harrison Ford getting the Indiana Jones gig because Tom Selleck turned it down, right? You know what I mean? And, and you could say, well, if Tom Selleck had taken that role, would Indiana Jones have been what it was? And would Harrison Ford have been who he was? And you, you never know, but that's how it plays out. And I was thinking about that. Sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Like sometimes it, it, it the timing isn't right. And it's with that backdrop that I wanted to talk about uh, Mountainhead. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Mountainhead, it may ring a bell to our loyal listeners because I talked about the first issue way back in August of 2019. And one of the reasons I was excited about it was because uh, it was the first, um, not the first, but it was the biggest profile, most pushed book that was drawn by our friend and con circuit regular Ryan Lee, uh, written by John Lee's uh, colors by Doug Garbark. Um, And it was a horror book out of IDW and very much – I talked about the first issue and liked it a lot. Um, and then I didn't talk about the second or third issues because I figured, as we often do, it's a five, it was a, a five-issue miniseries. And when it wrapped up, I would revisit it and give everybody a little little reminder and, and say, hey, go get the trade. Um, and this is where timing sucks sometimes because the first three issues came out according to plan. And then the pandemic struck and they didn't get to finish the book and they weren't sure they were even going to ever get to because the comics industry shut down. And then finally, two or three weeks ago, the fifth and final issue was published and the end of the fifth issue, there is an afterword by Lee's the writer and he very honestly talks about the experience and the arc of how this book came to be when he met Ryan at C2E2 in 2016 and they were spitballing about doing a book together and came up with the idea of Mountainhead and how great and exciting it was and how hard it was to get a publisher and find the time and the money to make the book and that they finally did and it was feeling great and then the book comes out and it's getting good reviews and there's buzz and he's excited. And then the pandemic hits and he said he never felt lower. And then, but they get through it and the book's out now. And what a sense of, and now he's crossed over the other way and he sees what a great book it was and how amazing Ryan was. And just, he's very proud of it. But this, this, this cycle of, of, of highs and lows with the book. And I thought, man, that's so true because, you know, there's so many talented people that, but for just not meeting the right editor or maybe not having the right hustle or not going to the right con, don't ever get a shot. And then if you do get a shot, it's a pretty cruel business and you better crush it, right? You better get that shot. You better hit it because if you hit it, you can build a pretty quickly build a sustainable career. But if, if you don't hit it, then who knows if you're going to get another shot, right? And so I was thinking about that, thinking 
what a shame it would be if these gentlemen uh, somehow lost the opportunity from this book because of the pandemic. And so I, I wanted to do my small part to make sure that doesn't happen by telling everyone that I'm sure a lot of people tried the first issue or two and fell off of it. Maybe didn't revisit it because you moved on or forgot about it, but definitely consider picking up the last few issues or more likely grabbing the trade. Um, I thought it was terrific. First of all, I think Ryan is a great cartoonist. He does amazing work. He's very, very cartoony, very exaggerated, um, pays no mind to traditional anatomy. Uh, and I think we're better for it. And this book was perfect for him because the premise is it's one right of Vince's alley. Um, there's a young man who is teenager and he's robbing, he's a, he's a, he robs houses with his dad and his dad's an absolute conspiracy theory nutter. I mean, like off the reservation believes the, the whole system of society being on the grid as a giant construct to keep us numb and hypnotized and part of this grand machine. And so they live off the grid. He's very distrustful and he thinks that they're any minute that the, the government, the deep state are going to knock in their door and try and kill them because they know the truth. Uh, and then they get caught and the dad gets, uh, the dad shoots himself in the head uh, rather than get caught, captured by the police. And the boy is brought in and they run a blood test and realize that he's not who he thinks he is. He's not this man's son, but he was actually stolen from another family in a mountain town uh, who live in a mountain town 10 years before. Uh, and so of course, what do they do? The uh, family services bring him back to the family long lost reunion. But imagine if you will, you're, a th- you were three years old when you were cat, we were kidnapped you don't remember having another family. You've grown up with this man who you knew was mentally ill and, and you worried about him, but he still was your only source of, of love and perspective. And he's gone now. And suddenly you're thrust into this sense of normalcy with this family. That's so thrilled to have you back because they have missed you for a decade, but you have no connection to them. You don't, they mean nothing to you. They're strangers. And meanwhile, they're they and the news and the local townies and the school classmates are all talking about you like you're some alien and that you're rescued from this horrible monster of a man. And, and they're calling your dad effectively this horrible person and and this evil person. And from your perspective, like he's your dad and he was always good for you. So that's the underlying premise of the book. But then it goes batshit crazy because they live in this mountain town. And during the welcome home ceremony, when the, the, all the local news is there and like, Oh, he's getting reunited. This man, uh, one of the, one of their neighbors wanders out of the woods down from the mountains, fully naked, uttering nonsense and collapses. And it looks like he chewed his finger off. And this is not a crazy man. This was a man that was married with kids and normal and had a normal job and whatnot. And come to find out more and more people are acting oddly. And so now this kid who's already trying to deal with this new circumstance and has spent his entire life being told these crazy conspiracy theories is beginning to wonder, like, was my dad right? Like, is this world fucking crazy? And it turns out that the, the aforementioned gentleman who collapsed and his buddies were up in the mountains hiking and they accidentally unearthed a dark, uh, basically a a portal, like a hell hole, I guess, if you would, uh, to a dark dimension and unleash this dark, force 
into the mountains and it's polluting everyone and driving them insane. But it's not just driving them insane. It turns them into the most grotesque, deformed and disgusting kaiju you've ever seen. Like it's straight out of Attack on Titan with an extra dose of madness. It's like if M. Escher was hired by IDW to draw a monster style guide. And that's where Ryan's artwork just sings because he got to draw the craziest, most obtuse, most disgusting, vile creatures. And he clearly just had free reign to do whatever came to his mind. No creature looked anything like the others. They defy all laws of physics and normalcy. They change shapes. They morph. It's like one giant bad fever dream of these grotesque creatures that these, these the townies are turning into. And the boy and his not adopted, but his reunited family are thrust into this paradigm of trying to survive this very crazy, but, but real existence for them. It's just this over the top wild horror fantasy romp with tons and tons of body horror. And much like you were saying about plunge, it's kind of like an eighties film because all of it happens. And then there's a happy ending where the good guys, at least a few of them who don't get killed along the way, manage to make it out. And it's, it's wonderful and it's gross. And I wish this book had finished around Halloween like it was supposed to back in the day because it would have been a perfect book when people were always seem to be re- ready or more open to reading horror comics around that time. And I damn sure hope that IDW, if they're smart, bottles this up and then waits for next year and pushes this at, uh, at, at Halloween because it was awesome. So two huge thumbs up for Mountainhead, IDW. Uh, John Lee's Ryan Lee, and uh, yeah, it was really good, and it's just a damn shame that the book lost all of its traction because of the pandemic. It sucks, but it sounds very good. It uh, is, man. Like, like the first issue is mostly human. Well, it's all human, and and it looks it looks good. But then when when you start getting into the crazy, it's when Ryan gets to really show his chops. Nice. Because you you see these, I mean, these are the kind of creatures. I don't know if you've seen any of the issues yet, but if these are the kind of creatures that, if they were able to make a vinyl of them, you would plot to, and you would open <laughs> up your dusty, cobweb covered wallet and buy them. There it is. I knew it was coming. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yep. yep. You had me. I was riding the wood train for most <laughs> of it, and then you had to mention M. C. Escher, and I'm like, duh. No, no, no. Oh, but no. I guess you're, you're just no, not at all. But I guess you're you, what you're you're trying to equate the the physicality of these monsters with like complex shifting. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I could have said like a cure, like you know, it's just oh those, right, right. Escher those just, organic creatures that's eyeballs and and limbs and yeah, tentacles and gotcha and and absorbs things and then morphs into other things, that kind of thing. Not at all. So. Yeah, Escher, I was just trying to say, because Escher seemingly is known for defying the way we perceive physics and laws of order. Of order so, Right. So there you go. So get on the Mountainhead, people. Keep keep the Ryan Lee train rolling. <laughs> uh, nice job. We need more Ryan Lee in our lives. Yeah, we do. He's we do. good stuff. Yep, yep, yep. What I don't do know got? if I don't know if you're Buy ready. Fuck over here. I don't know if you're ready. <laughs> oh, and one other thing, because I'm 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 in that mode right now where I'm looking at all the year end lists and trying to see if there's books that I missed that I want to maybe read or pile up. And um, I didn't know. Did you know that a new Junji Ito book's here? Come came out. Hell yeah! It's coming to my next box. It's a sci-fi. I, 
book. I I didn't order it from DCBS, but I damn sure ordered it from Amazon. Nice. Yeah. It um it they say it's a departure. I don't know how much because I mean, come on, when you're that good at what you do, jury's still out. But they say it, it's more sci-fi than horror, which is hey, that man could take me wherever he wants to. I'm 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 strapped in. And, and turgid. That's a that's a sight right there. Like I said, I don't know if you're ready for what I got for you. Well, only one way to find out. It's true. Yeah. Now, do you like your 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 narrative constructs orderly and rational? Oh, oh I see what you're about. To do you? I don't. Oh, do, do you do you need to have? A, stop. Do you need to have a very rigidly defined and logical universe uh, as a backdrop for your stories? Because I do. I do not. Um, based on what I now knowing what you're about to talk about, yes, I absolutely do. Well, I'm sorry for you because I do not. I, I pine for the death metal. You do. Uh, uh, it's this thing. I love how I'm the one that's pigeoned as Vince's adversary in this one. Dap just keeps his cute little mouth shut over there, just drinking his little drinky drink. Just like my peanut. Whoa, that's his. Like, that's his superpower. Now, see, he he's very sly. What he'll do is oh. because he'll he'll oh, as I'm going through it, he'll be like with the bottle caps, or he'll be with the. No, <clears throat> you'll hear. No. Mm, no. Mm. <laughs> And then he'll be I, like, oh, yeah, I might pre-order. I might order that. No, he won't. He, he, he says he first will. Of all, first of all, Vince said, we agreed earlier this year that once this is completed, mm-hmm. that we would read it. I said, see. if you would read it, meaning you, Jason, and yourself, if you right. would read it, that you could pick a trade for me to read in 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 right. uh, retaliation. That's right. Oh, okay. That's right. So one of those I remember that. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Okay. I it listen, it's I I'm not gonna get into my whole previous video thing right now, but but I did mention it in my video and I I was it was in my cart earlier in the month. And well as 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 more things were added and, and things and and, and it would have been one hell of a, it would have been my most expensive month ever if I was able to get everything I wanted. But I figured there would be there would be a deluxe edition with some of the tie-ins, and I would just wait for. It the makes deal. sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm. I don't understand why they're limiting the collection to just the seven issues of Death Metal when there's first. so many books that have come out. The, even like even the regular ongoing tie-ins, like where are they going to be published? You know. So, regardless, and, um, and before, so so, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything while you're talking about these issues. I did read a tie-in, which we can discuss afterwards. I, but you read it for the Titans, is why you read it. Yes, because I said it's very Titan heavy. And you're like, oh, okay. It's very tight and heavy. Uh, the the cover kind of gives that away. Um, but there, when I finished it, I'm glad it wasn't just for the Titans because there are things in here that I do like. Right, um, but that's the the mechanism that they have built into Death Metal is they could. 
I'm just going to tell you about it. And then you're, yes, then you're please just do, the, because then I want to explain why I'm go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I only talked about death metal number one. So this is two to five issue six came out yesterday, but I won't speak on it because it just came out yesterday. I'm going to give my people time to read these things. So this is just death metal two to five in a nutshell. I've encapsulated for you. Hopefully you'll read it. Maybe I've given you an excuse not to. I don't know. But um, when when I last talked about death metal, Diana had killed the, the Batman who laughs with her invisible chainsaw of truth. See, even that sentence, Diana killed the Batman who laughs with her invisible chainsaw of truth. That is so, it permeates my brain. And it says, where has this series been my entire existence? Like, why is no more people doing comics like these? Because it's just, it's except, it's balls to the wall, right? I'm going to be dropping that kind of shit the whole time. But anyway, so Batman Who Laughs is dead. There's a shockwave rippling through the opposing forces. Diana, has, she's getting on Bruce because he's thinking real small. He, he goes underground with uh, Sergeant Rock to the Crypt of Heroes. And this is a, a place of literally what it is. It's it's a repository of dead heroes, and it's guarded by the remnants of the JSA. Alan Scott, Doctor Fate, Wildcat, Jay Garrick—you know JSA, right? But they're all showing their ages. And so um, I said, Sergeant Rock. I met Jonah Hex. Uh, so Bruce and Jonah Hex had planned to amass an army of fallen heroes, save everyone on Earth. So that they can hightail it to a new planet where they would begin everything again. Hopefully out of Perpetua's uh, field of vision. And then Perpetua's trying to stay out of the hands field of vision. But more on that later. Right? And Diana's like, no, hell no. We're, that's not what we're doing. We're going for all the marbles here. We save everyone in every reality. Remember, Perpetua is going around destroying realities, and there, there's not a whole many of them left. And, Di- and Diana's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to free our friends from New Apocalypse, mostly Superman. We're going to travel to the Dark Multiverse and revisit the original crises and suck up all that crisis energy and use it to depower Perpetua because... You know she's she's feeding on this stuff, but in doing so, they're removing the very energy that gave rise to the DCU in the first place because it was made with crisis energy and not connective energy. It's a bunch of gobbledygook to explain why why they're doing this, right? So we're gonna take all this energy away from Perpetua and we're gonna give it to Wally, the one true Flash, so that Wally <laughs> can restart the universe. Simple. So, but the speed force is almost completely depleted because Barry, cock up that he is, he had made many, (laughs) sorry, he made many failed uh, attempts to stop the present from happening. Like he keeps trying to, you know, go back in time and stop it and it's not working, right? So Batmage and company have put Batman Who Laughs Brain into a version of Bruce Wayne who was Batman Manhattan? <laughs> he was the Doctor Manhattan in his reality, and his name was fucking Batman Manhattan. Stop it! 
why why are there not people screaming this from rooftops i don't know right so they they take and like diana the one who laughs wants to remake reality right but he wants to create 52 nightmare earths and so he rejiggers himself for the battle well i can't go into battle looking like dr manhattan this is what he's i'm assuming he's thinking uh, here's what I'm going to do. And he, he transforms into this shifting black mass of tendrils and teeth. And now he's known as the darkest knight with K. Uh, and he's taking his yes man off the table. Screw you guys. You did nothing for me up until this point. This little Robin guy over here. Well, I, I sense something very particularly dark and disturbing about him. I'm going to elevate him to the level of Robin King. And he has a newfangled utility belt with compartments that are filled with stuff that can kill every hero on Earth. Like he's got a compartment with stuff that could kill Superman, theoretically. So the kid is a force to be reckoned with, right? So Batman and company take a massive mech built by the Toy Man. And the mech has all three aspects of the Trinity. It's it's disturbing to look at because you have a, a robot or a giant mech that has part Superman, part Batman, and part Wonder Woman. So there's a female strain uh, in the design that it, it's, Batman looks like he's wearing lipstick at one point. But okay, um, so the the they take the 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 uh, combined. Uh, wait a minute, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Oh, they take the mech right and. They go to New Apocalypse, where Dark Father is battering Superman with unseen colors of kryptonite that he got from the Dark Multiverse. Superman's in; he's fucked up, like because um, he's he's turning into the Dark Side. His skin is getting all. That's why when you look at the, the the images of Superman from Death Metal, he's got that one craggy arm, that gray craggy. He's turning into Dark Side. Because he's being battered with all these these wacky kryptonites, and uh, and there's a sequence that plays off of um, Final Crisis. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, they, Clark is freed, and uh, as well as the other heroes of uh, New Apocalypse, they, the Mister Miracles freed. Okay, so now the goal is to have Jay and Barry race to protect Wally, because Wally's extremely important in all this, right? Um, John Stewart and the Lanterns, they go to destroy Perpetua's antennas so she can't suck in all the crisis energy. Um, but to do so, they have to breach the castle bat, right? So they need the help of the most powerful hero among them. And if you've been reading Snyder's Justice League, the most powerful hero in the DC Universe is Jaro. The, the, Starro that was raised by Bruce in the jar and it thinks it's his father. That's the most powerful hero in the DC universe. But according to Diana, Jaro is the universe's most powerful psyker, right? And he's the only one who can block the activities of the forces of good from the eyes and minds of the Darkest Knight and his minions. But there's a catch, right? They have to go to the Dark Multiverse. And these are versions of the OG Crisis on Infinite Earths. Final Crisis, and Infinite Crisis. They go to these three crises in the Dark Multiverse, right? But these are crises in which the heroes didn't win. These were failed attempts. Um, so they get help from Superboy Prime. It sounds ridiculous, right? Superboy Prime is helping out. 
Now, you know, I'm not saying what happens, read the book, but there are, um, their versions of mother boxes in, in the dark multiverse are called Alfred boxes. The AI is in the, in the boxes is Alfred. Because remember, this is a reality built on the Batman mythology. So why wouldn't the, the mother boxes have Alfred AI? Um, so the Alfred boxes, they redirect all the crisis energy to Wally, who's in the Mobius chair. But oh no, the Darkest Knight tinkered with the chair to redirect the energy away from Perpetua and towards him, enabling him to recreate 52 realities, the last 52. So Superman's part dark side. Um, and now he has Omega Beams. Superman has Omega Beams. He's in battle and he's shooting shit out of his eyes. Batman is, uh, I don't know if I should tell you, uh, but Batman relies very heavily on a Black Lantern ring. Let's just put it that way. And, and we learn what Lobo was doing, uh, hip-hopping from place to place to place, and we learn for whom he was doing it, Lex Luthor. Diana realizes that she's made a mistake. Luthor has, through Lobo, been collecting shards of 10th metal. Remember, it all started off with 10th metal in, in, in uh, metal, right? And, and Diana's going to make a machine to reveal the truth and unknot the timeline to restore everybody's memories and create an unbroken stream of anti-crisis energy. Do you know what Snyder's doing with, with death metal? What? Everything is canon. Everything that has come before is legit. It's part of the story. And you say, well, well, what about, you know, um, Death of Superman? That's not the same. Well, that's a bad example. Um, anything from the past that you want to equate from what's going on today, versions of these characters that we know and love that are no longer um, part of the tapestry, all that happened. All that is, is canon. Everything is canon. On not the timeline. Take all the stories and mesh them into one ongoing narrative. That's what's happening with Death Metal. That's why in the in the Slack when I said, well, they should legacy number all their books then. Because if everything happened, then it's all part of the, the big picture. Why not renumber the books to reflect that? Everything happened. I don't know how he's going to do it, but that's that's the, the, the goal of, of Death Metal. Um. Diana creates a larby, uh, um, a larby, an army of Lobo clones. She clones Lobo. Um, and if, if the Earth is the core of the multiverse and the Darkest Night gains power from the multiverse, if one wanted to weaken the enemy, one would, what? Bring fire and brimstone down on the Earth, destroy the Earth. And that's exactly what they do in uh, the end of issue five. The heroes team up with the villains. You have Clayface uh, working with Poison Ivy, working with Batman, working with um, uh, Deadshot, working with everybody joins together to, to try and, you know, just wreck the shit out of the earth because that's where the uh, Darkest Knight's getting his power. And there's a, there's a finality to the story that I don't think it can be undone with a Hail Mary. That's why, um, well, I, I'll tell you, uh, Bruce is dead. He's dead. Mm. He's he's finito. The only thing keeping him walking around is the Black Lantern ring. Uh huh. And and Clark, uh, because Clark's been exposed 
from Darkfather's uh, The Kryptonite that he's changed forever. Clark specifically says, I can't come back from this. I'm fucked up. And uh, they're going to tinker with the narrative of the DC universe. You can't have a story like this in which Batman's dead and Bruce is, is quickly becoming a dark a dark side and just say, oh, well, at the end, we're just going to wave a little magic wand and, and, and that's going to be it. This everything. There's going to be a reboot at the end of, of death metal. It, I don't think it's going to be a hard reboot. It, it, the, the books will continue the way they've been continuing, but everything that has come before, it all happened. It all counts. And it's all part of the big story. I think that's awesome. I think that's the way comics should have been from day one. Uh, the the problem with we we've said it many times, and it's a it's a DC problem more than it's a far more than it's a Marvel problem. DC has rebooted and rejiggered their their narrative so many times. People just like, okay, where does is this post crisis or is this pre crisis? Where does this fit in the timeline? Is, okay, does the Legion exist in this narrative or doesn't it exist? Or where's Superboy? Like everything happened, everything counts. It's easy, right? I get. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want it to be, well, shouldn't it be? Do you don't you think that that the the uh, the layering they've done over the decades has been detrimental to people getting involved in or getting into the narrative? Like, if you have to ask, did this or did this not happen? Like, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but that's but that's the problem is that the entire. It, a a huge chunk of what's made the industry what it is and a good chunk of the reason that we're doing the show and a good chunk of why we have a listenership and a good chunk of why people are still buying stories and reading them about the same characters for 30, 40 years straight is an appreciation for uh, continuity. Right. And these various continuities may take up entire Earths in the post-death metal uh, right. status quo, which I'm fine with that. That's awesome. If if I want to go uh, Nightwing and Flamebird, there you go. There's the planet, right? Or or uh, the, the... But that's not a new concept. All of them existing in at, at once, and uh, they're I all mean, accessible? That, I mean... The, wasn't that life before Christ? Yeah, I mean multiverse. I mean you know, the right. multiverse. Yeah, that was before that's Christ. All he's doing is saying the multiverse exists, and that's awesome, and it should exist. There's so many different story possibilities in that, mm-hmm. and I don't know why we toy with it. Just make them all legit. Make them all valid. Well, the problem is if you make them all legit, then you have to tell you have you have to get people to think that that if it all matters then none of it matters. So I don't subscribe to that. I don't know. I don't no, I don't know think... you don't, but I'm saying that's the issue that the publishing companies the big two have dealt with with all this stuff, right? The reason they do do these reboots is because they feel like they get to a point where people say, "Oh, I, I this isn't my DC. I, I don't even know this place anymore." Well, you're going to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but again, and and that's that's why I think <laughs> Not not to be the, the the stick in the mud here, but but this industry, what these pe- characters in these books, twenty two page pamphlets weren't meant for the same people to be reading them for forty years. Of like that so. wasn't what, right? Like that's the issue, right? Like we they figured by the time we were old enough to be like, damn, does Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne never gets older? We would have stopped reading comics, and a bunch of new kids would come in and read Bruce Wayne comics. But so the publishers like, did not understand the power of mythology 
when they started these things. They didn't know that they'd be still doing this. Ex- no, ex- of course right? not. They but were see, just that's to get the, the paycheck. And that's the problem those. when you have a, a, a narrative as as pervasive and and uh, that sinks into the I'll use a Zach word, the zeitgeist, right? Like Superman. Sure. Everybody knows. The origin of Superman. Everybody at least can connect with the character on some level. Yeah, he was around when I was a kid. It was kind of fun. I, I watched them, yeah, them, yeah. them fly. You know, I'm not going to go down the hole. Well, but so when when a, when a culture as a group of of organisms can recognize a a a fictional narrative, that's really strong shit. That's religion, dude. That's why a bunch of our of, of people on on the planet are batshit crazy because they believe the narrative, yeah. and that's just the same thing with Superman. So you can't. It, it, it of course it's like this is not my DC, but there could mm-hmm. be your DC now. There could here's, be. Here's where I struggle with what with what you're saying. Not not at all. I don't at all struggle with. As I've said every time, I, I bust your chops. But I'm I love that you and many others seemingly are enjoying Schneider's metal stuff. That's awesome. I mean I I. It's no bullshit, and I'm sure you guys mean it too when you say it. I, I I want every one of us to have a smile on our face every time you crack open a comic book. Like that's what's the point, otherwise. But but for me, I I grow weary. Like I don't understand why Schneider has to tell us this again. Like it's been established many times over, many many times over now that continuity doesn't matter anymore unless you want it to. It all exists if you want it to, or none of it exists if you want it to. It's up to you. Like that has been established many times. So I'm much more. I'm much keener on great creators just telling great stories and leaving it to the readers or their PR departments to tell you whether it matters in any kind of other grand scheme. Enjoy it because it's well executed, and don't worry about letting me know that I that it all exists. Well, that's all. Like, I'll figure it out if it exists or not. Right. But you have to admit that mindset is very important to DC fans. And DC fans alone. They they are plugged right. into the legacy. They need to know what matters and what doesn't. And they well, in a need- lot of ways this is this ties into the to the um Man of Steel conversation, right? Which is that um your what matters often is when you read it. Like, is it your first? Is that what how it was when you when you were inundated? Like, sure. Yeah. People that didn't read Superman before Man of Steel, like, that's fucking their Superman. Lots of people that read Superman before Man of Steel are like, what the fuck are you doing with my Superman? So neither are wrong. I know you think differently, but but I'm saying like it's mm. just but no, my point is it's just it's 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 all I I guess I guess you're weary of these Things where these creators feel like they have to be empowered to tell us that the existence of all these realities or the lack of the realities is so important and they're going to clarify it for you. It's like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Just tell me a good story. Like if metal's batshit crazy and you love it because it's off the wall and it's and it's comic should be ridiculous. Awesome. Like awesome. I don't I don't care that that it means that everything counts because you know what? It all counts until Schneider goes goes to Marvel or leaves D.C., and they put Tom in charge or Tinian or, you know, Donny Cates comes over and he decides to give a big event and tells you that there's only one continuity. 
Like, or there's 5,000 continuities. Like it, like, it only matters until the next person that's given the keys to be in charge and tell the grand story tells you what the reality is. That's, and that's very DC's true. Pro- that's DC's problem, I think, is that they feel compelled every couple years to, to reverse, to, to change. Oh, no, there's only one universe. Nope, no, there's 52. But the 52 pretty much cover, like, all the stories you've ever read, so it's cool. Nope, no, now there's only a couple. Nope, now we're going to merge them all back together. Nope, now there's infinite. It's like... Just, just tell stories. Like, yeah. just tell stories. It is a and DC problem. Great, it's great. Yeah. Oh, Mar- yeah. Marvel and DC do a lot of things wrong collectively, and I know people have a, a lot of people take sides, and I think generally speaking, they're both guilty of almost everything together. But yeah, I think that when it comes to the continuity stuff, DC is because DC cared about continuity more than Marvel, and so they. Oh they, yeah. Yeah, and look at the, yeah. look at the the big names when they're coming up. Jeff Johns. Is there anybody that cared about continuity more than Jeff Johns? I don't think so. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you could argue he's made his career out of caring about continuity. Like, that's probably what he's most known for, right? Right, right, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, of course, it's it's the latest and greatest and whatever. And you Mark done? Wade, Mark Wade cares about sure. Continuity quite a bit. Yeah. PCX too. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, until hopefully this doesn't get overturned, and I don't even know how they're going to implement it. Uh, after issue seven, we'll see. But I well, five G, as I understand it, was supposed to be, and and maybe that's what they're going to end up doing anyway, just in a little different ways. That it was supposed to be abandoning the idea of continuity. Like, like yeah, it is a shared universe, but they're not going to hold writers and artists' feet to the fire to explain in the panels or the editor's notes how all of this makes sense relative to a comic you may have read eight years ago or 28 years ago. And that I'm all for that. Like, give me that. I wish Marvel did that too. Like, just tell me stories. Cause I was thinking about it with the who's who, the, the who's who, the uh, omnibus that's been solicited. And, and we, we've got the Ohatmu omnibus now. And, and, and you all know, I mean, Ohatmu is what got me into being a comic fanatic. But suffice to say, those entries which I read off the shelves and 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 were canon, like that was the reality of these characters. I would imagine, almost to a character now, the stuff doesn't hold up anymore. It's all been different, changed, altered, erased, added to, morphed. Right? Like, and it's it's fine. I mean, it's fine. A younger me would have hated it. A younger me would have said that's bullshit. Like, that's not right. That's not what happened. But now I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Just tell me awesome stories. Like, I love the X-Men the way that Hickman did it. it. Just just not because just the story stands on its own. Like, yes, it happens to also tie into – he does tie in things that happened before. But he doesn't tie them all together. And his whole point was, I'm going to take things I thought were cool and I'll pull them in. But there's going to be a lot of stuff I thought was dumb and I'm not going to pull it in. And, like – I hope you're all cool with that. And that's just how it should be, man. Like, and I'm, again, I'm not saying any of this to besmirch Snyder or death metal. Like, like it sounds like he's doing a crazy story and it's, and it's, it's curling your toes. And that's awesome. I just don't understand why we need these grand proclamations. That's all. Well, regardless of whether uh, or not you can, you proclaim that continuity matters in the back of your brain, when you're reading Hickman's X-Men, there's a continuity at work. The, but there's only a continuity that like that like every person cares about a certain part of continuity. Like like Hickman isn't bringing back Stacy X and Chuck No, Dixon's no, no, that's not what I'm saying. When you're reading a book to a contemporary title with Apocalypse mm-hmm. and right. and Warren Worthington and blah 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 in the back of your brain the 
endorphins that dumped into your system when you first encountered these characters and what they were all about and what they did and what they would later go on to do all that is still alive in your brain definitely that's why apocalypse resonates with you not because hickman's doing great well partly because hickman's doing great things with the character but in addition to all of the things that were done great before right that doesn't go away it's it's in your brain. When I see, well, you know what does go away. I'm not disagreeing with you saying. I know, but what I know. does go away is all the other times I thought Apocalypse was done poorly or done to a point where it was just another Apocalypse story. But right, but that's still experience. You don't, you can't register the highs if you don't have acknowledgement of the lows. But you can and you can't though, right? Like I don't. When I'm reading Hickman's take on Apocalypse, I'm reminded of of. Remender's take on Apocalypse. I'm remember. I'm reminded of, of, of Cassidy's take. I mean, not, not Cassidy's take. Um, uh, who wrote? Uh, uh, who who did? Uh, to be my X Men. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Whedon. Whedon, right? Like I'm reminded of Whedon. I, like I'm reminded of the great takes that make me love the character. I'm not reminded of the 25 other times apocalypse has been in x books i've read because i don't even remember that i read them because they were bad or i'm like ah, it sucked right but that's still conceptual continuity you remember all the good Mm -hmm. stuff about apocalypse yeah i can only imagine what goes through your head when you read a wolverine comic right because you that that's one of your dudes and you just you 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 vibe on the character so what i'm saying is they're all bad they all to to say no to say that you know you don't (laughs) want any continuity and just tell good stories that's awesome but the reason why good stories current good stories resonate with you is because of the continuity that's in your brain let me refine what i'm saying yeah because you're right you're you're absolutely right so i don't i don't mean what it's what i said i don't mean you're right but what i mean is and it kind of is what's rubbing me the wrong way the way you're describing this death metal is i don't believe writers should feel the need or any obligation to make sure their story fits in to some crack such that it doesn't violate or make null anything else that's ever happened with the character. Like, that's an impossibility these days. So if you want to pull threads from other moments of the character's history, that likely is cool and will be rewarded by people who know the character well. But I also don't think you should be afraid to ignore components or rewrite them to your heart's content. Sure. If you think it makes the story or the character better. That's all I'm saying. Continuity should not be shackles. They, that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah i get that completely yeah and it sounds like schneider agrees with you <laughs> right right i love this book you, so do, much now, now that being said get into his head do, do you think this is some kind of like he got famous and wealthy and important quote unquote air quotes important by writing in continuity relatively on model batman stories right so is this his way of, like, do you see this as his way of trying to prove something to people that he's capable of another type of story? Do you think this is a reaction to being pigeonholed as, oh, the guy who wrote Batman? Do, do I, I'm because again, I'm not reading it, so I don't, I don't really have an opinion here. I, I'm just curious if you think. Or do you care what his motivation is? I don't know. I think I think fandom may have worn him down. Mm-hmm. You know, just with the because you know how we tend to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the we are again to bring that word up. We're entirely beholden the continuity, and he wrote a nice chunk of Batman issues, 
and uh, the fanboys may have just ground him down to a nub and he's just like yeah. fuck it i'm just gonna go hog wild that bullshit i'm not gonna uh have the the wall with the strings you know and the pins and and keep everything in 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 perfect order i mean there's a lot of note taking in death metal but it's more fast and loose like okay we're gonna just destroy this whole universe and it's not these interpersonal things that batman was right but i don't know i i can't speak for the dude all i know is uh it just seems like he was on a a very very thick chain before this and somebody just said take that boy off the chain and now he's just running crazy that's what death metal is it's just running around the backyard barking at freaking canaries or sparrows or whatever it's it's crazy unfettered i don't know what led to it maybe someday we will mm-hmm. uh, i don't know it could have been something as simple as capullo saying dude i want to draw fucking metal shit yeah, uh, who knows? Because you know how he feels about Greg. When you get a team that's that effective, you're going to keep yeah. keep it together. It, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someday we'll. Batman find is out. a fascinating tentpole of a character because there's a reason why the diamond numbers are are indexed to Batman, right? Right. And and, and I was thinking about this with Tom's run and then Tinian's run because. It's no secret we were all we are all friends with Tom, personal friends, and, and we very much liked his run. But it's also no secret that Tom's run was supposed to be something that it wasn't, right? For reasons we don't have to get into, but he didn't get to finish his run, at least not as planned. And then Tinian came on, and, and Tom was on our show saying that Tinian was just a bridge, that he was just there to finish up the, the few issues that Tom would have otherwise done and, until they had other plans, and that clearly, if that was the intention at first, that clearly didn't happen because Tinian continues to be on the book. And, and I feel like just like with Snyder and just like with Tom, Tinian's star is now risen to the point where he's the guy. And it's interesting to me the reactions to the respective runs of these three guys because I think Tom's run was in many ways different in a reaction to Snyder's run. And then Tinian's run is something entirely different of both. I mean, Tinian's yeah. run, and I, by the way, I bring this up because I've, I read, a, I'm up to, I think, to issue 98. So I, I, I'm reading Tinian's run now. And Tinian's run is just big, dumb, fun superhero. It, it's, it is an inch deep. That, that's, it, that's what it is. And I, I hope he doesn't, if, he, if this, this gets back to him, I'm not trying to insult him. It's, I think he's not trying to give you a grand message it's just a Batman story. It's Batman stories done well with lots of cool gadgets and fighting and characters, many of which are new, and it's over the top. And But I think from what I gather reading the tea leaves, a lot of fucking people are enjoying this run yeah. that wouldn't that were not enjoying Tom's run, that didn't view Tom's run favorably. So it kind of just speaks to even something like Batman that is one of the best sellers always, no matter what. There's huge chunks of people that buy Batman for long periods of time that don't like it, and then we get a different take, and they like it, but the people that like the other take are like, ah, it's not as hot as it was. It's, But they all buy it. They all still read it, right? Because that's yeah. how they know that. So, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's a tricky thing. I don't know. Is there such a thing as being able to please the vast majority of comics readers, superheroes? I think it's probably hard. Yeah. Uh, something came to me while you were t- speaking. Another reason for the existence of metal may be one of commerce because there are a shit ton of McFarlane figures coming out of this. 
Oh, dude, those all. It seems like all the metal. Yep. Like the the shirts and shotskis and statues and figures all sell like hotcakes. Yeah, and if you do like there, there's a Joker bike that was recently pre-ordered. I, I'm on it like a bonnet, right? As you say, but okay, you do the, the connect the dots. Capullo has worked with McFarlane in the past. Capullo knows what works in plastic. He knows the the preparations and the things that are that are going to be feasible on a production line. The things that aren't right. So he was the main designer for these characters. So with that in mind, if every character that's coming out of metal is getting an action figure, and it seems like that's the case, right? All of the 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 the, the Batman who laughs minions are coming out. Then there's there's stuff. There's gonna you're gonna have a Superman part apocalypse coming out you're going to have a diana with the you know from last night on earth there's a diana mohawk that's capullo again this this may be a cottage industry for these people you know i don't know how many figures are selling out of mcfarland but i'm guessing it's a good amount especially Mm -hmm. when they're 20 bucks a pop so i got that for christmas yeah well I mean, I got them all coming. I'm just saying. This, this could, you're keeping yours, you selfish bastard. Yeah, yeah, this could just be a way to, to, to generate more cash flow. I don't know. I don't know. Right. But I'm loving it. I don't care what the reasons are. I'm enjoying it a lot. That's all that matters, man. Yeah. It is. What else we got? I don't know. Dash him quiet as a church mouse tonight. Well, I wasn't going to talk over him. He's, I mean, he's polite, it, you prick. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Listen, I, we we can. It's that's a whole other. I mean, that's that's a conversation in person over multiple drinks and right. Maybe some vape pens, but we have. Um, I mean, it, it, when it comes to continuity, I, yeah, I'm I'm a continuity walk. I'm a whore for it. I I'm not going to. There's, there's nothing to apologize for. It's it's one of the. It, it is what. It is a. It is a big part of what makes me a comic book fan is is that's it's because of the history like i don't want i don't want throwaway stories i don't want to and and i recognize that there are a lot of stories that are forgettable or are just there to fill space um but you know it's beyond the people who actually are involved in making the stories because obviously their time is worth something. I want that what I have read to matter. And and when, um, which is which probably plays in some way about when I'm not a fan of um, bring back Red Hood, bring back Jason Todd. And, and first of all, how he was brought back. But, but then you bring him back and it's like, Okay, I get it. It's comic books. It's like soap operas. It's like, you know, people come back all the time. It's true. And and as long as it makes sense, okay, you know, I can suspend my disbelief and roll with it if, if it's going to make for an entertaining story. But uh, you, you, you go through this whole thing decades earlier, and it was – and it – you know, no, it doesn't – it doesn't mean – the emotions you may have felt going through when when something happens to a character you're reading about, however you felt 20 years ago, whatever changes now, that doesn't mean those those feelings weren't legit uh, or you were stupid 
to feel them. But if if you're if you're younger and you're reading these stories, you're going on a journey with these characters. It it it, it yeah. There's it's it's silly, and you know obviously it doesn't matter because stories are undone or redone or retold. Um, but it's it's weird because obviously I'm as as I was a Superman fan before Burn, but obviously I was super fine with with the changes he made. But then you have um, if 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 you want to retell a story about how uh, oh, Hal Jordan was a drunk driver and you know and, and we're going to slide that into his origin, it's I, I don't know if that. If if that really adds anything to the character, it, it does. But it, it's so it, it is weird. But basically, yes, I I care about continuity. I I I believe that if if something happened, something happened in a comic book, then it 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 shouldn't be ignored. We we know that there are plenty of. Like again, throwaway stories. But the IDW's Marvel action line—that's not even the Marvel Adventures line from back in the day. Like those stories were featuring characters, same characters that you'll see in the Avengers, but the stories are different. They're in a different universe, in quotes, and and uh, characters aren't necessarily behaving the same way they would in their regular books. So there is room for all of this to exist. That's fine. As long as you know where they're all existing, I don't. I, I don't necessarily need to know that. Um, I don't want the 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 IDW Spider-Man to show up in Spencer's Spider-Man. Like that, those are two different characters. So, um, um, whatever continuity is going on over an IDW stuff stays there, works in there, run with that. Um, doesn't necessarily need to spill over. I I loved the DC universe before Crisis. I missed the multiple Earths, but I was fine with the changes because after the changes, we got we got the new Wonder Woman, we got the Year One Batman, we got Burn Superman, we got Legends and Justice League and and Green Lantern Corps. I was fine with, with, with the changes post-crisis. And then, of course, things got a little crazy because they realized, you know, they kind of needed multiple Earths and, and futures. Um, so it makes sense that we'd eventually be going back to that. Uh, but I'll wait. I'll withhold judgment until Dark Knights is done, Death Metal's done, and then um, and then read it and see See if it's. It, it doesn't matter what I feel about it after it's done. It's, this is the way things are. But it. It. We'll, we'll see if I can. If I'm. If I enjoy it as much as I have past universe altering stories. But. But yeah. I. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm in. I'm in the car with Vince when when it comes to certain things regarding continuity, but I, I guess I, I, I kind of clutch it a little harder than, than probably most, but I, I'm, I do. Yes. I do want to be entertained. I do want good stories, 
But I also want those stories to matter. And if that means, you know, going back to thinking about something that happened from a story that I read when I was 18. Okay, great. I just, I, I like that. I like that about comics. I, I, I like that. It, it's why well, I love Jeff Johns for him, for bringing back Hal, because he recognized that, you know, these are the characters he was reading when he was growing up. He liked these characters. He wants to return them toward their former glory. Cool. Um, so, you know, I, when, when newer, when, when younger readers become newer creators crafting those stories, I, um, I like that uh, that that circle of life in in comics, if that makes any sense at all. Like you said, you're on the you love the continuity. It's it's an important component for you. It is, and and it's not it's not the only thing because obviously there are plenty of of stories that can be told, manipulating, playing around with the continuity, like recognizing. Like, like future imperfect or or even um dead earth according to vince's show notes but i mean there are things where you have um that that they're their own thing but they play on your ability to recall things that happened in in those stories and see that's the thing dead earth better be in dc continuity because that's a hell of a good way to go out for two out of the three trinity that's an awesome way to go out but you know, your mileage may vary. But we'll hear about it afterwards. But I'll I'll keep the... Um, what, you didn't read it? Not yet. Well, then we're not going to talk about it. No, I mean, it's... it's, it's no, 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 no. You got to read it. I will, I will, I will. It, it'll be a minute, but I will. Oh, um, Dead Earth? Oh, I don't... Dead Earth's not in the continuity. I, I said I mean, it, would, it would be favorite. awesome if it did. If it yeah, was in yeah, the continuity. I'm saying it's not, though. At so, least not... DWJ said it wasn't. But it's the a great, world. it's a great story, and it's nice to imagine it as a fitting end to yeah, some of these things. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Black Label. Speaking of DWJ, how about that? Huh? <laughs> I love that. I love that news. But what? what, what, what no, the, the, the part, best part. Black Label. Black Label. Black Label. Hi, Cavassier. Pastor Cavassier. The uh, so I'll 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 latch on to what Vince was just talking about since I don't know when I'll it, it, it would be very hard for me to segue this in the near future but um, only one colon in this title surprisingly but Dark Knight <laughs> Death Metal the last stories of the DC Universe is an anthology um, and and I'm a sucker for anthologies and this is yes this, this obviously ties into Death Metal uh takes place um, during the fifth issue uh, where, and again, I have no idea why they're where they are, how this was all set up. I am, my, my, my feelings, my thoughts on this are, are solely on the handful of stories that are in this book. Um, how the, and, and again, going back to the whole continuity thing, how, how the characters are treated here. And yeah, and, and because um, a continuity whore. I the the framing in this book is enjoyable to me because of that. Because of my because of my attachment, my 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 sentiment towards the Titans. This was if if I didn't care about the Titans at all, I wouldn't 
care too much about the setup of this issue, but that, you know, obviously when you have folks like, um, like Williamson and, and Tinian telling a story with these characters, um, you know, then, then I'm, I'm happy to see that they're being treated, being treated well and being treated in a way that I would normally uh, that are familiar to me that these are characters I recognize. And, um, and again, yeah, it, it, it kind of obviously all happened, all matters because you've got the plethora of Titans on this Island, all hanging together in their little clicks. And so it's not just, it's not just a few sidekicks from, from the sixties. It's not just the eighties Wolfman, Perez era. It's not the the Jurgens Perez team, or even the um, the team from Priests Run in in Deathstroke. It's like they're all they're all here. Everybody's a Titan, um, and there was there was a moment between Donna and Wally, which I guess is in reference to what you were talking about earlier in the story events, but, um, but this was, this anthology was a lot of fun. It looks great in a lot of places. Uh, the, the, the intro and outro, uh, is illustrated by Travis Moore. Um, there is a green lantern story with Hal Jordan and Sinestro by Jeff Lemire and Raphael Albuquerque, which is absolutely one of my favorite stories in here. Uh, there's Wonder Woman story by Mariko Tamaki and Daniel Semperi. Um, there's a cute Green Arrow and Black Canary story by Gail Simone and Megan Hetrick doing a somewhat of an Otto Schmidt kind of look, but a little cleaner, maybe a little bit more um, manga-ish in, in some spots. Aquaman's got a story by Sabella and Mooneyham. There's a Bat Family story by Cecil Castellucci and Mirka Andolfo. And one of, hands down, my favorite stories is a Superman story by Mark Wade and Francis Manipal. And um, that was straight out of something from, from the silver age. It, it was a great, um, it was a great Superman story, but I, I think as without, again, without knowing anything about what's happening in death metal, um, there was uh, the stories that were being told with these characters. Uh, the, the, the green lantern story felt like that, that could have been, that could have also happened during uh, the Sinestro court. Well, not with Sinestro there, but it could have happened during, you know, Blackest Night. Could have happened at, at any moment during during Green Lantern's many trials he was facing over the years. That's, that could have, these eight pages could have been told at any time. Um, so it, 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 it was super fitting. The Green Arrow, Black Canary story, I really liked because I, I like Green Arrow. I like I like Green Arrow and Black Canary together. Um, it Gail Simone's got a good handle on the characters. This is great. Um, the Aquaman story. I'm just for whatever reason. I was telling Vince this earlier. I am. I don't know what it is these days. I am just not feeling Aquaman in any way, shape, or form. And um, well, one shape or form, freaking Mooneyham. Like holy crap. I think he, I mean the art was great in this story. Yeah, and, and you know, Sabella, we know Sabella can write well, and and you know that that I just I've got, I 
I, I just I see the character. I read the story, and I'm like, I just I don't. I'm not sure. I, obviously, I should care. He's got a family now, and and you know, there's things are happening. Um, but I'm just I just I see Aquaman, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I just I, I I don't know. Um, the Bat family story was a little weird because I think there may have been some editorial mishaps because when they mention Tim. Acting an awful, he's acting an awful lot like Damien, and then there's um, it it just looks like there was just some miscommunication here, uh, and there's a big change in um, I mean this wouldn't have happened if 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 Barbara got the letter from from Jason, but there's a um, there's some movement regarding Dick Grayson and and Barbara Gordon in this story, um. And I'm I'm past I'm well past the point where I would think that Dick and Corey or the two that are supposed to be together that they're not they're not Scott Summers and Jean Grey. This is not that that was as far as I'm concerned. Whatever happened during the New Teen Titans, um, it was young love. It wasn't you know, they they weren't necessarily soulmates destined to be together. If if Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon are meant to be together um i'm i'm okay with that it it doesn't it's it's um you know i don't i, I don't see dick grayson being with any i don't see him being with a civilian i don't see him being out with anybody else barbara maybe i could see her out with with, with someone else but it's, as far as you know these characters go and and keeping it in the family it's it's a fitting coupling I feel, but the uh, the story was fine as far as the family moving forward. Uh, but the Superman story was—I mean, he was just he—he he was being Superman as many Supermans as he could be uh, to fix what he could fix in, in any amount of time he has. Uh, but Manipal's art, gorgeous the colors are great. Um, Wade understands the character. So, so there's, there's nothing wrong there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just seeing, seeing the Titans together, seeing the various Titans together, uh, they do mention, you know, how some characters have some, some Titans have moved on to other things like Cyborg in the Justice League and, um, and the same thing with, you know, Kyle, Kyle Rayner from when his time being a Titan, uh, there's, there's um but as as a titan fan it it was nice to see um and then somehow um we also get arsenal roy roy harper shows up um because the dead shall rise and and i guess that's that makes a lot more sense now Vincent, because at no point did i see that um in the book prior to roy's appearance that Batman had a Black Lantern ring, so that 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 wasn't explained. But at least you saying it now, now I get it. Now I get how he was able to resurrect Roy. Um, yeah, because at first I wasn't even sure if that was because because it's like oh by my black hand because that's that that's the whole oath. But I'm like that doesn't look like black hand. That looks like you know like did Batman become a zombie. I don't know why did is is this the well, kind of black? I yeah, kind of. So I'm, I'm not. I don't know. But so, but yes. So now, it all 
it all makes sense. So obviously this is a tie-in. It, it says it right on the cover, but it, it's a tie-in. So as, as long as you're clued in on everything going on, um, this would be a no-brainer. I'm sure this slides right in nicely between issues five and six um, and uh, gets you up to speed on everything else. Um, because, yeah, it does say to be continued in Death Metal number six and last 52 War of the Multiverses. So, um, yeah, there, there are plenty of tie-ins to this event. Um, but as a standalone anthology, I, I dug it a lot. I was, um, I was happy to see it at the shop after Vince mentioned it on the Slack. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, no, I, this was, it was entertaining. It, it really was. I'm not sure if I really love the, um, the, the Tula Lote cover, but, um, everything inside for um even if i'm not keen on on some of the characters in here the creative team does wonders with them like i said i mean aquaman's in it but mooneyham does some great stuff with them so yeah big plus and they're not fooling around with these tie-ins i mean the the creative uh teams on this thing are just stupid uh francis manipul aldolfo mooneyham uh Travis Moore, like Ab- Raphael Albuquerque, come on, it's not let's scrape some guys together to make a tie-in. Like these are heavy hitters all the way around. So the book looks phenomenal, and it's uh, it, it's not just a flash in the pan. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, and the hug between Donna and Wally made the issue for me. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to forget about Heroes in Crisis. Apparently, uh, so is the new creative team on the, um, because if, if, um, looks like Wally's going to, um, which I mean, that could be one of the things, I mean, even that, that could be, that could be what he's, you know, apologizing for when, when, when they see each other, but. Oh, he's definitely apologizing for that. Yeah. Yeah. What else does he have to apologize for? You know, those, those pictures I took of you in the shower back when we were kids. Like, I don't. (laughs) He's not Ant Man. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> you never know. He can vibrate. He can be. Mm. So, what else do we have? Are we going to bring this bad boy home? Got some shout outs we should do. We should. For real, though. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, I, I have to update the wall of appreciation, so there will be some names added to it very soon. Um, we do have shout outs, but we also have. Um, we want to remind everybody about our Threadless store, and we've got uh, two other things happening, one before the other. We have a um, a logo contest that's yes. wrapping up soon, and we want to make sure everybody gets their ballots in for the 11 Kloskers. Yes. Yes to both. Back. Yeah. Speak on it. Well, the 11 Kloskers, uh, Chris Burton asked me when the deadline is, and uh, there's an I haven't set a hard deadline yet because I haven't looked far enough in the calendar, but it's generally like mid second week in January. So sometime between, let's say, the 8th and the 12th. It's usually I need a few days to tally the results, put them in our handy dandy spreadsheet because Vince is such a stickler for spreadsheets. It does. To give us a chance to fill in ours and and get the script going for the show. So uh, let's just say you have until, you know. Ten days into January, it may be a few more, but but let's just make that the 
soft deadline. So plenty of time for uh, – I know many of you like to wait until the very end of the year just in case you read something in the next week or two, like, say, Brubaker and Phillips Reckless, <laughs> Ito's new book, and it just, it just faults up your list. So absolutely do that. And um, you can find the ballot at 11oclockcomics.com. DAP has a beautifully done – tab that will bring you right to the google form and as we've said before um have no fear you don't need to answer everything by any stretch if if you only have opinions on five categories answer those five and if you answer them and as long as you use a real email address when you sign up you can go back at any time before we lock it down and your existing answers will be there you can add more change the ones you, you already picked no pressure and just remember everybody the there will be a drawing on the show for one of the people who do enter. And I do define that in the, you'll see in the sheet, you do have to answer, I think I said 90% of the questions if you want to be uh, eligible for the entry. And the more the more overall entries, it's kind of like our Patreon. There's a, there's a, a winner picked, but also uh, as a way to help the whole community out, the more people that vote, the higher the prize for the winner is. Um, and it ranges from $25 all the way up to, I believe, $100 uh, if we get enough entries. So get those entries in, and then you might you might win yourself a beautiful Omniboo or a slipcase absolute or a date with Vince. Who knows? Oh, they Who won't knows? survive that. No. Who knows? Uh, so while we're on the subject of, of entering, uh, if you are going to enter the contest for the uh, uh, album art, please make your... Um, illustration is square proportionally and um you know five by five inches six by six inches whatever you want to do but make sure it's 300 dpi uh none of this low risk crap um and the good thing about it is we have two images that we use throughout the year uh the first is for the regular episodes that are DCBS sponsors, and the second for the Patreon-sponsored episodes. So if you enter and you don't win the big kahuna, don't fret. You may win the uh, the uh, second place, which is not bad. You know, whatever. It, 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 who's can, who's going to justify the uh, winner being better or inferior to the second place? Nobody, because it's art, and such judgments shall not be made. So if uh, if you want to enter, you got two chances of winning. But just make sure it's a square, and at least uh, I would say don't go below five by five, three hundred DPI. JPEG uh, is fine; that's cool. TIFF, whatever, whatever you want to do. That's it. Nice. So, what else do we have to talk about? Got the shoutouts. Do them. We've got uh, Mr. Richie Moore and Mark Haddock, I believe, has been mentioned in the past, but worth mentioning again. And Ian McCurtis. Uh, they um, they are all hanging out with us on the um, on the Slack. It's so much fun. You know, the past couple of days have been an absolute blast. I know the people who aren't on it. Really don't, don't care about this part, but I I've had I've had a lot of fun the past couple of days. It's been active. It's been it's been chatty. Um, nobody's just like posting, and then you get crickets. There's there's been uh, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of um, a lot a lot of conversations and long conversations. Agree. Yeah. Yep. Here here. 
good place, good place. All right, well, if you're not going to... It's like it's all news to me. No, yeah. oh, okay. We have, a, we have a slack? <laughs> if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. There's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, The List, uh, Stray Dogs, number one, Tony Fleece, Trish Forstner, $1.99, Dark Knight's Death Metal Deluxe Edition Hardcover, fourteen ninety nine. And uh, you got your Dark Horse Fear Case, number one, Matt Kint and Tyler Jenkins, $1.99. Dap and I, um, we've read The uh, Endless Winter. Well, all the issues of Endless Winter to date. Yes, all six parts. And um, is it essential reading? Mm, Maybe not, but it's fun. Um, if, uh, if you're going to hop on Bendis's Justice League, supposedly, well, two of the people in the team are featured within this Endless Winter, and that's, uh, Black Adam and Wonder Woman's mama, Hippolyta. Uh, the, goes through what? It goes through Flash 767, Superman Endless Winter Special, Aquaman 66, Justice League 58, and for some wacky reason, yeah, uh, Teen Titans Endless Winter Special Number One. I'm not going to speak on all of it. I don't. I don't even think a lot of it deserves to be spe- spoke on. Uh, but you get a lot of backstory on the the Frost King, a man named Ed- Edwald Olafsson, um, and the uh, framing or the 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 past storyline uh, by Marco Santucci is just gorgeous. It is mm-hmm. almost hands down the best part of the the crossover. I, I love it a lot. Uh, I didn't love the fact that um, Frost King just kills Swamp Thing, just just kills him uh, without having known who this Swamp Thing was, how he came to be. He keeps dropping the Parliament of Trees, so the the infrastructure's in place. We just never find out who the Swamp Thing is, and and the I gotta you know raise an eyebrow. In the the altercation where Frost King is killed because they're in a situation where um, I'm guessing Swamp Thing could have fled the scene through the the floor in in one of the hero's bodies. He could have retreated to to Hippolyta's stomach and didn't. Or he could have found some kind of plant organism below the surface and retreated to that. It's just like Frost King kills him. And I was just like, ah... I don't know about that. I think there was plenty of options for Swamp Thing to retreat, you know. But that being said, um, I, I think it's fun. Uh, the, we get to see Superman in Smallville with Mon Pa and, and the Ice Minions destroy the Kent's mailbox. <laughs> it's, you know, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> the Aquaman one is a little bit of a head-scratcher. I don't know current Aquaman continuity, but the fact that he takes his... His child with him, his baby, everywhere that he goes is a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like a I, it, seriously, seriously. And, and, and Mira's just, uh, Mira is being mapped out as far more powerful than we've given her credit for over the years. Because in, in attempting to fight the Frost King, um, Aquaman breaches this thing called the Great Cataract, where he enlists the aid of the Fire Trolls. Um, 
And the fire trolls are completely enamored with Mira. And all she does is make a water bubble. She just makes a bubble. And they're just like, oh. But I'm guessing, you know, fire crotch attracts fire. I don't know how that works. Um, I will say the the fire trolls are not the most stunningly designed creatures on the planet. <laughs> I'm not giving anybody a reason to read this thing, am I? Uh in the Justice League, the Frost King, uh, well, an avatar of the Frost King attacks the Hall of Justice and this weird Teen Titans thing. Um, I don't know why the Titans factored into this this endless winter, but they did. And it's it's the current Titans with the half Zarnian, what's her name? Slash, smash? Oh, uh, uh, the Crush. Crush. I knew it was something like that. Um but the, I think the the uh, the out from the entire story is that in Teen Titans we learn that three people are frozen in ice, um, and the the Frost King is looking for something throughout this whole thing, and it turns out that the uh, the three people frozen in the ice are exactly who Frost King's looking for. Uh, but Black Adam, being Black Adam, he uses the Frost King's family to try to reach the man inside the monster, so to speak, and he fucks up. Adam just goes way overboard and attacks before he should have, and uh, Frost King's family become collateral damage. And that's thinking that they could actually still be alive under the ice for all these years. Okay, well, maybe they have some kind of metahuman um, thing going on as well as Frost King. I don't know. I'm not going to judge. But uh, we get... We get a bunch of um, we have what three issues left because it's a nine part storyline, and the uh, Titans was part six, so uh, it introduces a new character called Summer Zahid, who seems to have the same cryokinetic powers as Frost King. Um, Donna Troy's in it, and she she recalls uh, Grandma's fairy tales of the Frost King, and she's finding out that they weren't fairy tales uh so i mean it's fun it's fun it's not uh super necessary to read but if you have uh, a couple bucks burning a hole in your pocket and you're looking for a nice manageable crossover then read endless winter i i had a good time with it so far right out yes um i uh there there are there are parts of it that make me feel like it would have been much tighter um had this this could have been a uh, a backup series in the um across a bunch of annuals during the summer just like marvel's old you know atlantis yeah, attacks it's and, totally and padded executioner saga things like that yeah. you could have um it it's but they're also since it is happening through the flash and aquaman series there obviously has to be things that uh that tie it into whatever's currently going on with those books um the titans i think because the titans the titans series concluded recently so they don't have a series to, to tie into so that explains the special um after reading the special i'm not surprised that the titan series was canceled they, uh, i know yeah uh i think it was just there for for the occasional deathstroke tie-ins the um and and the same thing with superman it's like it it's it doesn't i bendis is wrapping up his run so it doesn't it 
does the, the timing's a bit off. Um, but we'll see uh, what happens in the next couple of chapters. I'm, you know, it, it's I'm I have been enjoying it. I think uh, I, Mars and Landing are, are doing a, a great job. Uh, the art's been the art's been really good. I mean, you get Hester and Parks on on the Superman story. Um, Clayton Henry drawing the Flash is a lot of fun. I love his Black Adam, and and I I went and Clayton's Instagram is is a lot of fun as well. But he um, he has a Gumroad store. And he's got a bunch of uh, a bunch of samples and pages, and and you can because he does his comics in Procreate, so he, all of this is digital, and he um, you know he offers some of his uh, there was a Batman Superman story that the, the things he does he 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 sells the um, the files including all the layers, so if you want to um, practice. Your coloring, you can uh, you can fool around with it that way. Same thing with inking. He's got his sketches, so he's got everything there. But he also sells his the um, the fine brush that he uses when he uh, when he inks his work. And and I've been using it, and it's it's a lot of fun. It, it a lot of control with it. But I love I love Clayton's line. I mean, my man's a master with the colored pencils. His commissions are fantastic. Um, but it's as as it was almost weird for me to see his name on Flash because when I think of the Flash, I think of folks like you know, Carmen Infantino or or Michael Ringo, um, guys who who you who just make me when I see the Flash run, I just I see the blur and 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 I just they're drawing they're drawing a character. There is the movement there, and and Clayton obviously there's movement in his line, but because of how he draws, I always think of his characters as um, just they're they're almost immovable. I just I love the way his characters look on a page, but his the the, the Flash book looks really cool, and and it kind of tied in a little bit to what Flash Vince was talking about last time, where uh, Flash is trying to you know find out everybody handles their work life balance. Um, but Flash gets uh, rescued, more or less, because he he ends up in uh, in Kandak and and um, Black Adam saves the day, more or less. But um, yeah, no, and Endless Winter has been it. It's it's one of those. It's it feel it, it's a DC story. It definitely, um, you know, whether or not anything matters when all said and done, we'll see. But um, you know, it, it, it reminds me of the era of like uh, you know, Midsummer's Nightmare, things like that. It just it, it feels like it's we've got we've we've got some space on the schedule for a couple extra books this month, and we'll um, not to say the story isn't entertaining, but it just it I, I don't based on everything else going on in the DC universe right now with with Death Metal and and the upcoming Future State, I don't know. Um, I don't know if we needed another event, but it's been a fun event nonetheless. Um, and I will, um, I will take that as, um, as my year travels. Then we'll, we'll tag on that and I'll bring my stuff for next week. Nice. All right. Uh, by the way, before I do main travels, what, uh, 
Book of the Month? Or? Book of the Month is going to be... Next week is Christmas, so we have uh, we have another... Um, we'll probably do the Book of the Month on Wednesday the 30th. Works for okay. me. Yep. And, and, and want to tell the... And Book of the Month is Batwoman... Hydrology by J.H. Williams III and Yerp. W. Hayden Blackman collecting numbers 0 through 5 of the New 52 Batwoman series. It's so yes, good. sir. It's nice. so good. So good. I agree. So in your travels, uh, one of those books that uh, I was going to try, but I had no real expectations. Could have gone either way, but man, oh man, was it a wonderfully pleasant surprise. That is sword number one. Mm. Yeah. Um, Horse face beast back? No, thankfully. Thank you for, yeah, th- thank you for bringing up bad memories. Um, sword number one uh, uh, is uh, written by Al Ewing with beautiful illustration by Valerio Schiti and Marte Garcia on colors. Uh, as Dap joked, the OG sword was a title that was launched back in 2009 written by uh, Karen Gillen with art by Steve Sanders. And if you're wondering where Steve Sanders went, well, take a look at how he drew Beast and Sword. You'll know why he didn't hurt Steve Sanders. But, um, but the premise uh, the premise then was that uh, Abigail Brand was kind of running a space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sword. It was like Men in Black meets the Marvel Universe, basically, back then. Um, Abigail Brand is, has taken a back seat in recent years, although she has been a supporting character most notably in the Captain Marvel run, not the newest, but the one prior to that. She, Captain Marvel was the leader of Alpha Flight for the last few years, and Abigail Brand was her aide-de-camp or co-leader, however you want to manage it. I, I, I think sometimes she was the leader, sometimes she was along with Captain Marvel. The point is she's been tied up with Alpha Flight for the last bunch of years. Um, but following the events of Ten of Swords... The um, sword uh, space base, the peak, uh, made its triumphant return uh, at uh, in in Ten of Swords. I won't say how, in case people haven't read it yet. But but uh, in any event, now that mutant kind has essentially taken over their rightful place on planet Earth, they have decided to expand their reach and influence into space. Now, this makes sense on some levels because anyone that knows uh, X continuity knows that there is a lot of history with space travel, um, particularly with the Shi'ar. Professor X used to get busy, busy with the Empress. And uh, so it, that's all good. Um, but they did it in a really interesting way. I, I, I didn't know if this was going to be a throwaway title that would just be another adjunct to the list where you wouldn't need to read it one or the other. But I think this is getting set up as an important, one of the important mutant books. Um, Basically Abigail brand was given the head of this group. Um, She was fed up with running alpha flight because of bureaucracy and a lack of budget. And neither are an issue now that she is, I mean, Abigail brand is also a mutant. So she's a Krakoan citizen and she's been given full reign over this and it's going to be the X-Men exploring space and much like the five exist now the five most people know are the names of those five mutants who essentially have 
allow the mutants to cheat death. They can create, they can bring back any mutant from the dead. And while Sword has its own version of really important mutants called the Six, and the Six are in essence a group of, and I won't give you all the names because it's kind of cool to see who's in it and why they're in it. But when used together, much like the five, their powers allow for the them to travel time and space. And so the premise is now that mutants have have essentially um, conquered death, what's next? And so they're going to conquer science. And it's really neat. It's it's neat. And I also love that they bring a quirky cast of characters together. Uh, Baby Cable is the head of security. Magneto is going to be, I think, a supporting cast member because he's kind of the he's the liaison of the council. So he's just going to check in with him from time to time. But you've got um, Frenzy and Fabian Cortez, who are both former uh, acolytes of of Magneto and were part of his Asteroid M uh, era. And it's actually kind of great because at one point (laughs) Magneto goes up to the base to check on things. (laughs) <laughs> and he's checking in all the staff and Fabian Cortez is like, Hey sir, it's great to see you. I, I it's wonderful to be working under you again. And Magneto's like, who is this guy? <laughs> and, Damn. And, and again, like getting back to, to Vince's point earlier, like continuity does matter in some degree. Like if you remember what it was like, like Fabian Cortez was the chief acolyte for Magneto. He was his right hand man, worshiped him like a God essentially was the leader of the cult of the religion that worshiped Magneto. And it's great that at this point, Magneto's like, who's this guy? He's annoying. I don't remember him. Um, but uh, WizKid's in it. Freaking WizKid. You guys remember WizKid from, from Fallen Angels? Remember that? Yeah. Uh, he's in it. Manifold's in it. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And it, it's big stakes, much like with Krakoa and what they're doing on Earth to see their power. This is big stakes. They, they, they execute their abilities in this first first episode first episode first issue and retrieve something we don't know well i i'm not clear what it is to retrieve but i do get the sense that it's probably something they shouldn't have been fucking around with and um yeah it's it's neat it was well executed i think al ewing is uh, bluntly someone we should we should get on the show because i think dude is crushing it right i mean he's immortal it's i just think he's i know donnie is certainly probably the biggest name of the up and comers at Marvel now, right? Like it seems like he's got the buzz and I'm not saying that's not deserved either, but I think Al's Al's track record these last few years has been incredible and he's just putting in the work and, and putting in the time. And I think that um, sometime soon, if not already, I, I don't know what if he, for all I know he could already have been. I, I think they're going to give him the reins to one of the big books whether it's FF or Avengers or something, I, I, I would not be surprised if, if Al gets a shot at becoming one of the architects of the next phase of Marvel. And I think it's deserving based on what I've seen of his work. So really excited. Skeety looks great. And uh, just a lot of fun. A lot, uh, just a lot of fun. Giant science romp. So Excalibur gives you the, the, the mutant magic if you're into it. And this is going to give you the mutant science. It looks really good. It's just fun. It's 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 just fun. I I like you said, Vince. When you love characters and they're done right, you really relish it because we unfortunately do end up reading a lot of stories where they don't do it exactly right or or, or well. And so when they do it well, it's you got to savor it. You got to lap it up. You got to dip your bread in in the sauce and make sure your oh, plate's clean. Jesus, <laughs> lap no. it up. 
That was Beth, a bo- Beth made her homemade meatballs tonight. It was like I was lapping it up. <laughs> oh, stop! Just, just strip the bread. I was just sopping it up. That was a bukkake of information. Thank you. <laughs> a melange of ideas. <laughs> the melange. <laughs> hey everybody thank you for being here with us one more time please come back next time if you want more of the 11 o'clock comics uh experience go to twitter reddit instagram and facebook lots of stuff on there do yourself a favor and us obviously and check out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics in the meantime let's sing the song dance the dance Say goodnight. Gonna have myself a little bit of wine. Taste this. It's some good, good wine. Mmm. God damn. Hope I get some wine for Christmas. That'd be nice. Maybe <laughs> some comics. Be Maybe. Nice. That'd be nice too. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yep. <laughs> David. <laughs> Uh, there's no way you're going to get that without having some kind of assistance on your side. Nah, I think that one's. Yep. I think he's got it. Good night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wine. Wow, it sounds like a bucket of wine. <laughs> Seriously, it's a ripple. I, I drink my wine in a bucket. <laughs> Shit. It's my box. <laughs> oh, good lord. Oh, it snuck in. Did you see that? He did it. Got in where he fit. Yeah, and don't don't forget, people. Um, it, we talk a lot about books here, and if you want to see examples from those books, just go to our website, eleven o'clockcomics.com, and there will be a thread for this episode. You click on that, and oh my goodness, you look at the gallery loaded with images pertaining to the discussion for that episode. It's pretty simple. There's not any imagining necessary. You could tell exactly what we're talking about. So that's a good thing. Other than that, we'll be back real soon. That's it for that one.